Welcome to another episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast with Nathan Shooter. To discover more insightful episodes, blogs, videos, and resources, visit nathanshooter.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast. I'm Nathan, and it's my mission on every blog and video and podcast episode to help you and I to unearth really simple ways to create significant outcomes. Because I honestly believe that if we're going to do great things and create uh, moments of achievement, it doesn't need to be complicated. So I guess every episode is all about infusing um, knowledge with simplicity. So today's episode is no different. It's all about streamlining something we do every day. And that thing is decision making. It's all about using intuition alongside our sense of intention. You know what? Decisions can take a millisecond or even years to make. And either result of those can be heartache or hope. So we need to be really good at making decisions quickly, spur of the moment, millisecond ones, as well as knowing how to extend our decision-making time, perhaps even over years. But either way, we need to know how to use our intuition alongside our intention. So you're probably thinking to yourself, you know what, there's already thousands and thousands of books and CDs and, you know, different things on this subject. So why why would you want to make another one? Well, here's why. So it's a bit of a selfish motive, if I'm honest. So maybe you're like me and perhaps you felt the obligation to make the right decision every single time. Well, I'm here to tell you that's never going to happen, period. It's just never going to happen. We're imperfect people. So, however, in recent times, I figured out how to reduce the pressure that I often self-impose on myself. So, by simplifying my approach and also managing my expectations, lately decision-making now requires less mental energy of myself, which is really great. And I'm hoping that some of the things that I share with you today will help you to do the same as well and require less mental energy when it comes to making a decision. So by now, if you've been reading along on the blog or watching the videos or um, tuning into these episodes, you would have picked up by now that a lot of my articles and content is all centered on this idea of unearthing simple ways to create significant outcomes. So how then is that related to decision making? Over the last couple of years, I've done a lot of my own kind of informal research. I've bought a great deal of business books, attended seminars and listened to many podcasts and audio books. And many of these have been awesome for personal development or professional development. And they've all included or touched on some uh, content that related to how to master decision-making. Yet many of them left me feeling, I guess we're going to be honest, a little bit Okay, very confused. So our family growing up, we had this little miniature dash and cross with a fox terrier. And when she was confused, she would look at us and just tilt her head. And that's kind of how I felt. And um, I thought maybe other people feel the same. So how can we simplify our approach to a better and I guess more masterful way to make decisions? So I looked through all these books and different resources and I guess looked for commonalities amongst all the material. And some of it relied on us living a linear life, a really straightforward one, kind of a life void of randomness and the fun that a fulfilling life usually invites. And some of these systems, I mean, they were great. They were really, really quite, quite awesome. But they also kind of presumed that you would have this comprehensive checklist on hand for the second that a life-altering decision just might suddenly pop up. And that's, you know, that's not how life works. So while it's true that in our jobs, in our businesses, 
structured decision making is really great and having those resources on hand is super helpful and we should embrace that but chances are when it comes to the other side of it with our personal life our home lives are not quite as concrete so we need a better solution we need a simple and intuitive approach and recently this um, i guess um, kind of embarrassingly was driven home to me just because the system fits or you know the, the solution works doesn't mean it suits you Recently, I went to a store and I bought some new jeans and um, they fitted perfectly and I looked at the label. Yep, that's me. Tried them on. But what I realized was just because the clothes fit doesn't mean they look good on you. And I was just like a man. I'm, I'm a 33-year-old man. I've only just figured this out. So I'd, I honestly looked like a... How did I look? I looked like a, a really awkward cowboy anyway. So needless to say that um, I returned to those jeans post-haste. Anyway... So I spent some time thinking about how that also is true in our other areas of life. So just because we've got these systems for decision making and that they work doesn't mean that they are styled for us, doesn't mean that they're suited to us just because they fit us. So what I did is I looked at, I guess, doing a bit of a stock take of how my mind works at work compared to how it works at home. And when I create client projects for the business at work during Monday to Friday, I use design, photography, or film, and I balance the tension, uh, I guess, between form and function. And that process, in, for some reason, really comes naturally to me. That's why I've been able to sustain a creative business for 13 years. So balancing that form and that function, that beauty and that business element when I um, create solutions for clients. However, when it comes to my own personal decision-making, I discovered something very different. I discovered that I'm a lot more emotionally, I guess, geared towards making decisions from that um, perspective than from just concrete evidence. So while I might love flowcharts at work, that's just not how I ride in my personal life. So I needed to find something that would still allow me to, I guess, have that nice sense of intention and need and purpose and data balanced with my sense of flow and intuition that I also have at work with creative ideas, but also in my home life where there's less concrete things to have to comply with. So I thought none of these books are going to do it. So how do I, how do I do it? How do we, how do we bring the two? Because life is a a combination of curves and lines. You know, we have moments where we are kind of like free forming it and other times we're just in our lane and and we're doing things in straight lines. So I guess what I came up with for myself is a system where my decision-making should acknowledge both of those. So what I did is I looked at all of the complicated ways of doing it and I found matrices and ugly flowcharts and almost, actually I found some Excel sheets as well, which are hideous. And what I did is instead, I allowed myself to balance up these two ideas in two columns. So to allow intuition in the left-hand column to coexist or partner with intuition as in a sense of uh, objectivity, so in the right-hand column. So in my mind, by simply looking at the decisions through those two filters or those two lenses, answers have eventually become more self-evident to me. So it takes practice, but that's, I guess, what we need to do is we need to put it into action. So the idea which of these columns that you'll find online if you visit nathanshooter.com, you can search for it and find it there. So about five years ago, I made a a big decision and that was to buy a piece of land and build my very first home. So needless to say, it was a process that was a massive one and that involved 
making a huge number of decisions. So some small and tiny ones, right through to some monumental and, and quite large decisions. So most of them were based on hard data, such as, you know, budgets and timeframes and product options and, um, you know, all of those kind of things, which are more hard based. However, I also had to also make decisions that were, I guess, more emotional on the side of that fence of being soft data. And the plot of land was located in the area of our city, which if you can imagine, had a very troubled history but was promised to go, to go through an urban renewal. So naturally, people were originally fearful of buying that area, given its past and its track record. But for some reason, on the, I guess, more the intuitive side of, um, you know, the uh, two-column system, I knew that for some reason that it was exactly what I needed to do to, to buy this bit of land. So it turned out to be a great choice and one of the best choices I've made. Uh, but... To be honest, banks don't care about intuition. They just want to see they want to see hard data. So after sharing the idea of buying this land with family and friends, I used them as a sounding board and they kind of also felt that it was the right move. So no doubt for yourself, you've experienced a moment where you've had to look at what you feel and know in your, in your heart to be the right thing to do or the more emotive inf- information that is that, that gut instinct and feeling balanced alongside the more objective or the hard data side of the fence. So it's really great to acknowledge and follow that sense of intuition, but then create a pathway that's built on fact or built and cultivated on some harder data. And it's a hard thing to do. It's it's a hard thing to be able to put intuition and intention together. So often we're taught they're two separate playmates. They're not a team. So maybe as a kid, you were taught really well by your parents during your childhood, how to pick really great friends or how to, I guess, weigh up an ethical situation and by listening to that small voice inside you. So then when you fast forward to become an adult, you have that sense of intuition, yet we're not always taught how to merge that with our sense of intention or the more objective side of decision-making. So how do we get these two Um, separate team players to play together? How do we get intention to overlay with intuition when it comes to making decisions? You're listening to the Live to Accomplish podcast with Nathan Shooter, unearthing simple ways to create significant outcomes. Well, if you're driving the car or you're walking the dog, you can still listen along with the process on how I've come up with a way to do it. Or if you are able to visit the website and you can see it in text form there. Okay, so let's talk process. So before we get into it, I just want to remind ourselves not to overcomplicate it because I've learned if I'm good at one thing, it's this, overcomplicating things. Okay, so let's jump into the process. All right, so you've got your bit of paper or your iPad with you and we're going to do this. Number one is to write out the decision as a full, long, comprehensive sentence. So the reason why I say it's got to be full and comprehensive is that when we allow ourselves to think and luxuriate broadly about an issue, we're going to include all the things that are going to influence um, that decision. So it's great. Put everything into that decision. Okay, then number two is to then rewrite that exact same sentence in a more succinct manner. So a more word economical version of that while still including some of the key ideas. So you're probably thinking that's a waste of time. We've just written out a long version, then we're going to 
write it again, but shorter, doesn't make sense. Well, the reason is this, is that when we force ourselves to create a more succinct version of a larger, more broader sentence, it forces us to think about the key and the pertinent issues that we want to deal with, or the different factors which are important to us. Those begin to emerge as we try to cull down the words. But it's important to start with a larger version of it. Okay, number three is to then underline the key action words or objects that are embedded in the decision. So let's just track a, an example as we go through this. So say for example, we've said to ourselves, is it the right time to leave my job and go and start a business? So the first point was to write that out. So you might include all the different things you're worried about in that decision, in that sentence. Then point two, we've rewritten it as a more succinct version of that to boil it down to what we're really asking ourselves. And the third one is focused on underlining the key actions or objects that the decision involves. So we've said we want to leave our job or is it time to leave our job? So some of the things we might put in there is like timing or what kind of industry or skill sets. We then come to number four, which is looking through our list of simplifier questions. So what are the simplifiers? Well, if you were to um, scroll ahead, if you're looking on the website, you'll find those two columns that I mentioned earlier about intention in one and then also intuition in another. And there's a whole bunch of questions there. I think there's something like 30 questions or so, or probably even more. And all of those questions are questions that I've asked myself in the past and written down. So then what I have done is over the years taught myself to pick a few of those which are essentially my go-to questions that I can hold up against the decision that I'm making and then use that to filter until I come to my decision. And that brings us to point number five. That is to hold up our decision sentence against our top five questions that we use to simplify decision making. So how about you have a look through those two columns and have a think which of those, maybe just pick four or five that resonate with you that you can use as your simplifiers, as your things to make decision-making simpler by answering key questions that resonate with you. Okay, so number six is about answering the questions that emerge. So we've just said that there's a bank of say 40 or 50 different questions that I've asked myself over the past, which I've given to you, and you've then chosen your top five to use as your simplifiers. But what you're going to find is as you apply those simplifiers to your decisions, new questions are going to emerge. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing, in fact. And number seven, repeat. And if you need to repeat using different simplifiers, simply go to the bank of questions and use different ones to you did in the last round. So it's a very simple and straightforward method with seven different points to be able to get your decision and then look through the lens of those five simplifiers or those five core questions that are central to who you are. Just by way of example, I'll uh, share with you the ones I chose. So I went through the process of writing all those questions out so you didn't have to. So I went through then and read them all and then chose my top five simplifiers. And these, I guess, reveal what's important to me and as your choices will indicate what's important to you. Okay, so for myself, number one. Number one I chose was, could I be making a start while listening for a no rather than doing nothing while waiting for a yes? And what that tells me is that I should be making progress or could I be making progress on something while waiting for a no or a roadblock or a more obvious sign not to do something 
rather than just sitting around and not doing anything and waiting for a big overwhelming yes. So it's kind of an interesting way of dealing with procrastination too. So I find these days I've taught myself to take action rather than waiting around for an overwhelming yes or overwhelming sense of permission to do something that I feel is right anyway. And number two is a bit of a tricky one. It's this. Ask yourself this. Am I making permanent decisions from a temporary emotional state? And you think, man, that's a, that's a hard question. And it is. So oftentimes in my life, I've had to tell myself not to make a decision now, just to wait. So I've taught myself to see the value in making a decision from a better emotional state that isn't temporary, but is actually lasting. Because these are decisions, I mean, they might be big or they might be small or whatever it is, but either way, you are going to be influencing other people with the decisions you make. The third one I ask myself is this one. Will my choice be congruent with other areas of my life? And that's a really obvious thing, but often we don't articulate it to ourselves. So let's just say we go back to the example of someone who's a wage earner, who's in a, in a job, but they really want to go and start a business. So if you say, for example, went ahead and decided to go into business, would that be congruent with other areas of your life? For example, maybe people have said to you, oh, you're in a job, but man, you'd be really great at starting a business. Or people say to you at work in your current role, you've really got a business mind or other areas of your life may be commented on or you might see a reflection of confidence that will, I guess, endorse your decision because it's consistent with the way you do other areas of your life. And number four, am I being more loyal to my past or to my future? And this has been a really tough and confronting question for me. So I really love to honor the past and I'm really excited about the future, but sometimes I don't end up in the I guess that happy tension of both, I end up falling toward one or the other. So do a bit of self-analysis and find out which you're being more loyal to and then ask yourself, is it helpful? And the last one that I ask myself is all about meaning or value about life. So it's this, will the outcome of my decisions serve the bigger picture of my life? So that's saying to us, am I going to be making a decision that's actually going to serve the future or the bigger picture for what my life is about? And not all, the, not all the decisions we make will do that, but we need to be aware of the ones that are actually going to do the opposite, detract from the bigger picture for our lives. So it's important that we think about what meaning or what value is being brought to my life and to the bigger picture for why I'm alive. So that's a pretty cool one as well. So there we have it. We've looked at a bit of a system so we can merge intuition and intention and not just leave one out in the cold. I really hope that today has been of value to you and um, I really do hope that you'll spend some time going through those two different banks of questions and thoughts on decision making and then go on to choose your top five simplifiers that you can let influence your decision making and hopefully streamline it. So while you're there check out other articles that i've written and shared with you online and go and start a conversation perhaps on facebook and on twitter and instagram centered around the idea of decision making simplified thanks so much for joining me and i look forward to sharing some more thoughts with you on the next episode thanks for joining us today to connect with nathan simply visit facebook.com forward slash nathan shooter blog or twitter and instagram using at nathan shooter we also invite you to comment, ask questions and subscribe to the email editions at nathanshooter.com.